Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, digital content creator and marketing coach at VIP Digital Marketing Masters. Welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. This is a podcast for women entrepreneurs to get inspired and fired up about marketing their product and service-based businesses. We go behind the scenes with powerful women in business and learn about the importance of getting your brand's message out into the world. Whether you're just dipping your toe into entrepreneurship or you're already well on your way to world domination, this is the place to get strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to get your messaging on point. Ready to get tips from the pros to help you attract your ideal clients and customers and position yourself as an expert in your industry? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I am so excited for today's guest. Her name is Nina Froreep, and she literally lives on two continents and has such a cool life. And she's been in film production her entire life. So she's seen it all from the early days on independent features to big national TV commercials, corporate mega shows, and even Emmy award-winning documentary films, including one she produced and directed. That one's called Abraham's Children. Along the journey, she's met many awesomely wonderful people and a few badasses. Nina has negotiated with teamsters, clients, actors, crew, children, which are really hard to negotiate with, police officers, a few dogs, and a snake. So all of them are great stories, and we are definitely going to talk about some of those today. And today, she's super excited to support and enable mission-driven entrepreneurs to grow their businesses on social media with consistent and easy to implement video content. Welcome, Nina. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Melanie. Okay. So we got to talk about the snake because yeah, we got to talk about a snake only because I had a snake in my house the day after we moved in. Oh no, I would have moved out right away. (laughs) And I was, I was hysterical. Thankfully the cable guy was here and he managed to trap it in a box. So tell me about your snake experience. (laughs) You know, it's funny, you're the second person, I guess, if you put something like that in your bio, it comes up. The snake experience is actually fairly a long time ago. Uh, the way I remember it, it was one of those super low budget affairs. So it was fairly at the beginning of my career. So we didn't have the money to hire a proper 
snake with its own snake handler as it should be done. And it was like, you know, some kid who happened to know somebody who knew somebody who had the snake, which is probably how the snake ended up in the script to begin with. Right. Cause it's like, what cool things do we have <laughs> and we can put into the script. So here shows up the snake and no one wanted to get close to it and no one wanted to deal with it. And the snake was supposed to be rolled up in the bathtub and the snake for some reason would not roll up. It was, it was, it was like a stick. And so it, I don't know how it felt to me. These crazy things always fall to me to like go in with a stick and like trying to get the snake to roll up. And I am so afraid of amphibia and, you know, spiders and reptiles. That whole world is not my world. And um, yeah, that snake left an impression for many, many years. What uh, lesson do you think you learned from that about what you do now? Do you always make sure that anything in any of the videos that you create has a handler attached or do you just stay away from animals entirely? <laughs> you know, okay. So if you can afford to have the handler, then that's wonderful. And that's how it sh- is supposed to be. I think I would stay away from, well, you know, I just stay away from narrative scripts these days. So uh, I think after that, I realized that my patience threshold for drama and for snakes was very, very low. And if you're shooting corporate video and documentaries, unless you're doing, you know, uh, geo life or something like that, you're, Uh, likelihood of encountering another snake or any other reptile or creepy creature is fairly low. So I think that was probably the lesson learned on the long run. (laughs) Okay. I love that. All right. So let's talk about entrepreneurs and video, because I feel like you help them produce and create videos that they can use on social media. They can basically use anywhere, really. I mean, once you have video, it's your video, right? So amphibians aside, uh, (laughs) What would you say is a good practice for an entrepreneur who who is really unfamiliar with video? Where do you start? I mean, you start by doing. It sounds really dumb and simple, but the I want to do video, but I don't know where to start. It's like, you know, we all have a smartphone today. Take your smartphone and even if it's just handheld, you know, point it at yourself and start shooting. Because if you don't do and if you don't practice, you're never going to get there. The thinking about it is you know, lovely, but useless. So it's really a do it. And then, you know, and then after, you know, so that's sort of like the step number one. And even if you don't know what your, you know, what your content is going to be, what your strategy is going to be, you know, all that stuff, I think just shooting a little bit of video and getting, getting sort of warm with it or warmer with it is a huge first hurdle. And for instance, one of the reasons why I don't work with people who haven't shot video already, because if you are not doing it, it's really easy to like, oh, I'm going to do a class. I'm going to learn about this. And then it's like, you know, first it's like sort of the strategy and then there's a little bit of content and then, ooh, now I have to shoot. And then if you have never shot before, then then it's just freak out time and not actually action time. So I find it really important that I want to see people actually having done, even if it's super lousy video, doesn't matter, but having done it. What's more important, live or pre-filmed? It's just two very different delivery mechanisms. It's like asking what's more important, email or blogging. It just, it serves two different purposes. Why you do live, I mean, there's many reasons, but the two top ones I can come up with sort of just here is number one, you do it because on the social media, the algorithms bubble up live above anything else. 
to me, that's not a good reason, but it is a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the main reason, and I just started doing live myself and I've always been in the can, what we call in the industry, the canned, canned video. So pre-produced uh, as in it's in the can already and it's totally controllable, right? I mean, if I shoot a video and it's not good, I can shoot it again and again and again and again until I like it. When you're live, you're on the spot. So when I got permission to do LinkedIn Live, which is still in beta and you need to apply for it, I was super skeptical and super nervous. And after the first one, I was gleaming because I loved it because it was I was interacting with people live. And it was like the workshops that I'm missing teaching because we're all in, you know, COVID world these days. Yeah. I love the immediateness of it. That was very appealing to me. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to running a regular series going forward with LinkedIn and can then syndicate it to many different channels live. That is live and live also definitely you want to have a longer format. So a like what we're doing an interview is a very good format for it because it takes a couple of minutes for people to find you because mm -hmm. if you're live Facebook or LinkedIn or whichever platform you're on might will be you know sending out to people who are on the platform saying oh by the way Nina Fareep and Melanie Hirshhorn are live right now and that is like oh so then people come over and check it out with canned content i like for my business owners especially those who are a little newer to video because they can control their message how they deliver it how it's edited you can put it into much more of a, a strict format. You can keep it very short and succinct. And it's a great tool that works when you're not working. It's like a clone of you that keeps selling while you're sleeping, eating, hanging out with your family. Absolutely. I love it. I, video is beyond important. I mean, I yeah. am doing lives all the time. I've been doing Instagram reels, which is a very short form video. Yeah. So what would you say to an entrepreneur who says, well, what do I put in my video? I mean, do I stand there with a blank background and talk or do I have to have a whole story that I have to, you know, do a storyboard for and bring in actors? What kind of video is going to be binge worthy? Binge worthy. That's a key word. Where do I start? Because those are several things in one. So I think you start with, if, you, if you're not sure what your content is going to be, if you're new to to video, my question always is, are you also new to posting in general? So normally people who come to me have already have a history of posting online. So I'm like, okay, now it's just a matter of which of your content lends itself to being a good video and which of your content do you leave as a graphic infographic, a written post, etc. And often it's a combination of both. Like I never like it when people just put a video up and then on social media and that's it. I'm like, no, no, no. If you're on social media, you want your video to have a little accompanying post. So somebody is compelled to click on your video and it might sound like a lot, but once you get into rhythm of it and you get into a habit of it and you're doing it consistently, it actually becomes very fast and very easy. What I like to suggest to people is when they're a little lost in the beginning about what their content could be, it's like do a tip series, like, um, you know, your top 10 tips. Do you have a lead magnet with which you get people to sign up for your mailing list that has a list of 10 or 15 or 20 tips? make each tip one video, you immediately have a series of 10 videos. And since you want to keep them super short and snappy, those tip videos are great. Or if you don't have a tip or you sheet or you don't have a lead magnet, you could do the 10 most frequently asked question. And then one video is one question. 
or the 10 questions people should be asking but are not asking. So, you know, if, if content in the beginning is still something you're shy about, these are great ways to sort of get in, in the groove with doing consistent video. These suggestions are all fantastic, each one of them. How important are subtitles on a video? So closed captioning or subtitles yeah, is paramount. And they're a royal pain in the butt. 80% of all video that's being consumed on social media is being consumed on your phone. And yet again, another, I think 85% of those 80% is being consumed without the audio on. So no sound. So in order to mm-hmm. attract people into your video, and you have three seconds time, by the way, to do so, closed captioning is really important so people can see what it is that you're saying and then decide, do I actually want to turn on the volume? And some people just follow along and keep reading the captions because they are, you know, I mean, in the old days I would have said you're in the subway or you're in the public space. Nowadays we're all sitting at home, but your your child might be doing its own work right, right next to you or, you know, th- there might be good reasons why you don't want to have the audio on. So um, mm-hmm. closed captioning is really important for that reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my experience, I'll watch TV mm-hmm. while watching a video on silent, just reading the captions yep. as I go. Yeah. Or, you know, like a, a new mother that doesn't want to wake her baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's Absolutely. another lots one. Lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I use StreamYard and when I do my live videos yeah. and it automatically does the closed captioning. Yep. And does it, so it does it on the live itself? No, after. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because even if a closed captioning, it needs a moment to transcribe. It's it's basically all it is, is a transcription service that then puts the transcription of your video into a format that runs like a ticker at the bottom of your video. Uh, that's all it really is. I find that I need to go in and always make a lot of changes because, for instance, my company's Clockwise Productions, I spell it as three words. So it's clock and then wise and then productions. I always have to go in and fix that. Or, um, you know, my name, my last name, I always have to fix that. And then I have a C. Me too. So it's, yeah, I can see that probably with an I more than not in your case, other than an E, right? Missing the C. Oh, There's no C ever. Yeah. yeah. So all those kinds of things, right? So with, with closed captioning, you have to have a bit of patience. And I always said it's a great argument for short videos because the shorter the video, the less work you have with your closed captioning. Absolutely. So when somebody is coming up with, you know, the top 10 things or whatever tips they're going to give, do you have some advice about how they can make it look like a beautifully produced video, even if they're doing it on their iPhone? Yeah, actually, I find that it's easier to make a video look good on your iPhone than it is on your desktop. And this is, um, so iPhone, smartphone, we should say, because there are people out there who use Androids. So I have to be very careful because I'm an iPhone user myself. Basically, I use a software called InShot. So like as in inside and then shot shooting. And InShot is a, I think it's a $3.99 investment. Um, by this point, I should be um, getting royalties from them or, or, or a kickback because I keep recommending it so much. And um, by the way, iMovie does a really good job as well um, on your, not the one, desktop I find a little clunky, but the one on your on your phone is great. 
and it just allows you to trim. You can even like actually edit, edit, but you know, editing with your thumbs on a, on a small screen can be a little um, cumbersome. And then you can throw up titles. You can choose your font. You can choose the colors. So you can go totally like with your hex number to make sure that it's like your proper corporate, you know, blue, green, purple, whatever you have. Um, you can even overlayer your logo in, which I find to be super cool. So you can get really, really far. If you keep your shoot simple, you keep your message simple, which you should anyway, then you can really get very far with your video that you edit in your phone. And then normally what I do is when it gets to putting closed captioning or the subtitles on, I then move to desktop. And the only reason I do that is because when I have to make changes to the script, which I always have to, it's just so much easier to do it on a big screen with a proper keyboard rather than trying to do it in the phone. But there's apps for that in the phone as well. So you can get to a professional looking video easily in your phone with maybe, a, you know, a 10 minute investment per video. And I mean, that's when you have like a workflow and you have some facility with it, but it's not really complicated. It's just, it's just step one through 20 and you just have to do it and do it enough often that it becomes a routine. That's like with everything, right? It's like first time you post, yeah. you post a blog uh, on your website. It's like, Oh, what, you know, what, what are the tags? What are the categories? What's my featured image? And then you've done it 10 times. It's like, yeah. You do it while you're watching videos exactly. on subtitles. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so we didn't get a chance to answer the question yet. How do you create binge-worthy video content? Yeah. So the actual binge-worthiness. So the way I define binge-worthy is, you know, you want people to come back again and again, right? And obviously it's not like people are going to sit down with the popcorn and go like, ha ha, I'm going to watch all of Nina's videos in one go. But it, it binge-worthy means it's something that is educational it's something that is super timely and something that hopefully is also somewhat entertaining. And ideally, it's a combination of all three or at least two out of the three. What about shareable? Is it shareable as well? Yeah, I mean, the moment you're in social media, it's shareable, right? But yes, that would be part of it as well. Um, okay. But the shareable speaks a little bit more to the viral aspect of it than to the binge-worthy aspect. And again, viral nowadays is not important. I mean, to go viral is such a rare occasion that, and if you're just your regular Joe Schmo, then, you know, it, it's nice if you're trending, like on LinkedIn, if you're trending, that's cool. But I much rather speak deeply into my niche's audience needs and have them binge watch my content than spray everybody with, with who isn't even my audience. So why bother? So, so binge worthy defined. And then I think in order to be binge worthy, number one, you have to be consistent. And when I say consistent, I mean two different kinds of consistent. One is the consistency of posting consistently, like, you know, you do your videos, I don't know, twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, be consistent at the same time on the same days on the same platform, because that is a big, big part of being binge worthy is that people know when and where to find you and not like the rando video every once in a while that doesn't do it. That doesn't create binge worthy. Let me do the second consistent consistency also in your messaging and in how you show up. If you're trying to be somebody you are not with your video content, it's really exhausting and hard to keep that up. So being yourself and being the person that the people will also meet when they get on the Zoom call with you is really important. So there's the, the consistency of showing up and the consistency of your messaging and how you, how you show up in the video and in person, which, you know, nowadays is on Zoom. And then the other thing is, you know, it, it takes patience because this does not happen overnight. 
in order to create that binge-worthy content, it might take a couple of months actually. So it's really not an overnight sensation thingy. So, you know, give yourself ample time to also get better with your video because the more you do it, the better you get, the more relaxed you are, the more fun you're having with it, the more ideas you have about content and then you get feedback and then you sort of have a feedback loop and then you say, okay, this works, this doesn't work. So that is really, really important too. And then I think there's a couple of other points which I'm missing right now. Oh yeah, batch produce. I find that to be absolutely crucial if you want to survive consistent video. So for instance, right now I'm not batch producing and it's terrible because I'm constantly like in a panic of, do I need to wash my hair? Do I need to look decent? When do I have a half an hour to shoot one video? But if I say like, okay, Friday afternoon, I'm giving myself four hours. I'm going to focus on this. I have five scripts ready. And then I'm done for two weeks. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, and the same with editing, especially if you're giving your videos away to an editor, you want to make sure that the editor has at least four or five videos to do at once. Otherwise, they're going to charge you disproportionately a lot more because the work of setting it up and getting into the edit and doing the edit, that needs to be accounted for as well. Absolutely. Nina, thank you so much for joining today. How can we find you? Where can we find all the cool videos that you've done and you know how to help entrepreneurs make videos as well? I mean, first of all, I, I live on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is my digital home. Nina Fareep, I'm the only one on LinkedIn with that last name. There's not many Fareeps on LinkedIn to begin with. Please connect with me. Let me know where you're coming from so that you listen to this podcast. It would be really cool. And then my website is clockwiseproductions.com. You can find a lot of resources there and links and, you know, please sign up for my email list because then you're getting all this goodness uh, three times a week into your inbox. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nina. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for letting me talk on my favorite topic. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. Please join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women entrepreneurs like you. As reviews come in, I'll be reading them on the podcast and you will get a shout out. Have an amazing day, friend. And remember, your message matters. You've written a book, now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.